Much like the worms, the boys are prolific. Because you're listening to America's Most Cursed Podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and this is a matter of life and death, but I'm only in it for the kicks. Wow. I'm the Kung Fu Corpse, Ben Sheets. Hey. I'm Cleveland Mosier, but today you can call me Imbi Amba Jones. <laughs> what? You ever seen that? It's a it's a Gus Johnson video where oh. he plays he plays Indiana Jones, but he's like four years old. Oh. Or he has the mind of a of a toddler. Uh, so he's Imbi Amba. Oh, Amba Jones. Yeah. Okay, I get it. It's pretty good. It's a good bet. I thought you were doing some kind of like weird racist no. Asian thing. No. <laughs> wow. I already made a mental note to clarify in case like any listeners were concerned about that too. No, it's a it's a it's a toddler voice, not a racism. Uh, okay. Sometimes the two go hand in hand. True. True. Uh, but not today. Not today, because today we're talking about Ben's pick, and Ben picked a v- extremely special movie for us. Dude, yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the Seventh <laughs> Curse, uh, which is directed by Guy Choi Lam and stars uh, Su Ho Chin, Maggie Chung, and Chow Yun Fat. Uh, it is a Hong Kong action horror movie from 1986. Fantasy, sci-fi, adventure. NBA Just throw all the genres in the mix. It's everything. Yeah. Now, this director also did a much more famous movie that we did actually watch last night um, that you mentioned last week, which is uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Yes. And the reason I picked The Seventh Curse is actually because I have been wanting to show you guys Ricky O for a really long time. However, it's kind of on the border of horror. It's not, not really a horror Like, movie. it has the gore of a horror movie. People in prison movies can be yeah. horror movies in a lot of ways. But Ricky O is just very on the line it's, with it's it. It's just like a super violent, gory action movie. Yeah. It's a movie that I personally just adore. I've seen it like five or six times at this point, and it's just so over the top and amazing. It's a true gem of an exploitation movie. But anyways, uh, same director as Seventh Curse, and since Ricky O isn't enough of a horror movie in my opinion, I decided to go with the director's uh, next most known film, which is actually a horror movie, The Seventh Curse. And I hadn't seen anything about this movie. I was just as blind as you guys, outside of knowing that the director made the incredible Riccio. Well, I'm really glad you picked this one because uh, I I liked Riccio a lot, but uh, I, I think I actually prefer The Seventh Curse by a thin margin. Same. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it's the added horror element. I had seen like clips of Ricky O before watching The Seventh Curse, but I'd never seen the whole thing, and I absolutely did not know what we were getting into with The Seventh Curse, but, uh, man, it fucking delivers in a major way. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really rare thing to just be, like, a third of the way into a movie and know, like, I'm I'm watching a golden pod right now. Like, holy shit. Like, this movie fucking Spoilers. rules. Like, oh my god. Again, I, I don't know, like, what what you guys are gonna rate it, but what a movie. What a yeah, fucking what a movie. movie. What a masterpiece. Better than any, any Indiana Jones movie. I adore Indiana Jones. I grew up with a big old last, like, original print, like, Last Crusade poster in my room. I fucking love the genre. 
uh, adventure films and like all the old serials that those are based on. I, I instantly prefer this. Like it, it I agree. it's so good. It's I, so fucking yeah. good. I, like I Steven think, Spielberg wishes. I think there he does. Wishes. I think there does <laughs> like, need to be uh, sort of a caveat on that. Like I, I absolutely agree with you. Like I enjoyed this more than any Indiana Jones movie. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the case or that would be the case for a lot of people. I think that there are people who would consider the seventh curse, like a bad film. Like, even if it's a so bad, it's good. Like they would say that it's bad and I don't think they're necessarily wrong. So like the comparison to Indiana Jones is apt and we were making it through the whole movie and I like it more than Indiana Jones. But, uh, I think that listeners who haven't seen this shouldn't go in expecting the same kind of like, we'll just say like artistic, ability that somebody hmm. like steven spielberg has. well it has because, like, similar like, to like, i think it's a fucking similar to indiana jones it has that same kind of serial adventure ethos yes. but i think raining with, temples in the jungle with yeah. with seventh curse it's a bit campier more what? directly campier and it's just dipped in 80s gooey wonderful bright well, red lights. Yeah, it was and, made in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like it just dipped in co, like just pure cocaine. And as opposed to oh, you know Indiana Jones, like this movie, like I said, is very much more directly campy. But unlike Ricky O, it's less self aware. Yeah. about its well, campiness. Yeah, exactly. It's less tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that's better. The a better yeah. way of putting it because I think it is. I think it's sort of impossible to not be self aware about certain aspects of this movie. But the film. It Itself takes its universe very seriously, whereas with Ricky O, they're a little more like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like, yeah. we know this is supposed to be a joke kind of thing. And, like, The Seventh Curse is, is not like that at all. And I think another important distinction with Indiana Jones is that, like, Indiana Jones, all of them are considerably more narratively coherent than sure. The Seventh Curse. Yeah. For me, I love how incoherent the narrative is, but I think that's another reason why it's like it would fall into, for a lot of people, the basket of like, so bad it's good, because the story is fucking nonsense. It's extremely See, confusing. It, now, for Kingdom, counting Indiana Jones think, and the Crystal Skull. Okay, I, I, I was <laughs> yeah, uh, that. Coherence goes out the, the fucking is, window. The thing is, I think one important piece of context here is the source material. The so, source material? Yes. I did that so, I, I did some reading on this film before I uh, got ready to record, and there's some good context here. So first, I want to say Ricky O, based on manga, you can definitely see the that influence totally there. Yeah. It feels like a live-action anime in a lot of ways. Uh, where this is actually based on an adventure serial set of books, a series of 156 books. Holy shit. The Wisely Saga. So it's essentially like pulp novels. And awesome. in that sense, you definitely so get like that ethos. Kind of yeah, you get that ethos carrying over because it feels like an adventure book yeah. in a lot of ways. That totally true. You know, it's less tongue-in-cheek like a manga would be mm. but it's more like a you know an adventure pulp novel yeah, some doc savage shit hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, yeah dude. i can i can totally see that 
Um, I mean, just in some of the fucking ridiculous set pieces of this movie. The best comparison I have, and I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way. Um, I'm probably going to say it once now and once at the end, because I was saying it throughout the movie, probably to an obnoxious degree. Um, but, like, I just could not compare, stop comparing this movie to Far Cry, the Far Cry games. And what, what's so cool is, like, the blood of this movie, the blood dragon of this movie, if you will, carries on through almost all of the Far Cry games. Um, the, the good ones or the bad, uh, well, largely. I mean, and I, it's just like the, the whole aesthetic is so similar and it's the things I love like about the, the franchise too. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of the fourth one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think and maybe, and, maybe if not this film specifically, at least like film, similar type of films of the same era and genre, like absolutely inspired Far Cry, even from like the first Far Cry, like they're taking just about all of their inspiration from 80s adventure action movies, yeah. Rambo, shit like that, mm-hmm. you know? And they reference all of them. Yeah, like, exactly. For sure. except, except maybe Far Cry 2, which mm-hmm. is like weirdly but dreary and serious. What, what's neat about this movie is this movie feels like it's also taking the, in, in a similar way, it's taking the best of like so many of those other, like mm. uh, of their contemporaries and just putting them in a Cuisinart art and just making this beautiful weird delicious movie my metaphor is falling apart but like uh it, it's uh yeah it's just such a wonderful blend of those things but like when it comes to the aesthetic like just like the dripping 80s stuff and the droves of uh, of villains in like all black with red bands and like the neon jungle shit yeah. like is so good and um you, you get a lot of that in like far cry 4 and blood dragon which are my favorites so it's it's just it, it's it was really nice to see that there was a movie from the 80s that captured that like so well the combination of all those other things so well i didn't i didn't know that a movie like this existed you know i, I thought that like the 80s aesthetic as we understand it has largely been like a reimagining with like the vapor wave and like the 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 retro shit you know, like where it's um, we've taken all those best components and you know put them all together from all these other films. And this movie does it in the era. Does that make sense? Like, I think it does like the whole new retro wave, like 80s comeback stuff. Like, yeah, just... but I feel like it's hardly the only film to do that. I mean, I, I you're right that like sort of a lot of our 80s nostalgia and revivalism stuff is is hyper exaggerated aspects of the 80s. Sure. But this film is hyper exaggerated in every regard and it was made in the 80s so it is in the same way taking all of those tropes that were common but more toned down in a lot of 80s movies and it was ramping everything up yeah Yeah. uh because it is is like a a a cheap and pulpy fun action movie the thing i really love about the cinematography and the approach to this film is hong kong cinema at the time was still somewhat in its infancy Mm. And it seems like from the 80s Hong Kong films that I've seen, like Police Story or this, it seems like they're all just trying so hard to entertain you. Yeah. Like, they'll throw everything at the wall to entertain you. And I love that about these movies. Like, this one throws in, like, gorgeous, over-the-top cinematography, comedy, 
adventure, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, just about everything under the sun. Yeah, it's I would say it's trading, it's trading narrative comprehensibility for entertainment value, and I think that that is totally fine. Yeah. And if I anything, think that's a I totally I think it's a totally valid approach cuz it's like if you stop to think about any literally any aspect of the story for too long, it starts falling apart immediately but the film is like you're not gonna have time to stop and think about how this doesn't make any sense because you are going to be too entertained and well and it's a short runtime too 75 minutes so and that's the thing is like i could not believe i there were times where i was almost like i need a break like i need this (laughs) to slow down for a second because it was it was almost too entertaining. It was mm. almost too fun. Like I was, <laughs> I was just like every single scene is just like packed with ridiculous fun bullshit. Yeah. Um. And I, we should probably start talking about yeah. some. Well, of that. I do have one last note on that topic. Comparing it to Ricky O, which, as you said, is very nudge nudge. Like, haha, see what we're doing. Yeah. We're being campy. Um. And in a great way. And I and I love that about it. And, I, and they do that well. Is also, but. What I enjoy about this is I think it is it is self-aware, but it doesn't wink at you. It no. just it is so confident in its nonsense that it just trusts you to just go with it and just yep. keep running and keep rolling. And I think that's way ballsier than like it's really easy to do like a wink at the camera, you totally. know, to like to do like, oh, see, we know it's it's silly, but to to have so much confidence like to know how fucking batshit your shit is and to just keep fucking rolling with it. Ah, it's so cool. Well, um, yeah, I mean the the self aware aspect of it comes in through that confidence. Mm. Is like the the film is never is never like giving you the little elbow and being like, "Hey, see what we're doing it here." It's to. a joke. Yeah. It doesn't have to. And but because it's so confident and unflinching in how ridiculous it is that is the acknowledgement that like it knows what it's doing and it sells it with production quality and it takes it and it takes itself seriously um so yeah we should start talking about aspects of the movie i think we shouldn't try to get too bogged down (laughs) in like uh going from beginning to end uh in a in a straight line (laughs) because the film makes that very difficult but i do think that we should definitely start at the beginning because i think the the film sets itself up so fucking ridiculously this is the best opener starts with a bang yeah Uh, so there's a a sort of like police uh standoff at like a, a a warehouse or something like some criminals have taken some hostages and like the police are trying to figure out how to get in uh the criminals say that like one dude in here is having a heart attack so send a doctor and so the police get our protagonist um one thing to note is in the subtitled version we watch is very obviously like the original subtitled version where in the 80s they wouldn't expect American audiences to try to follow Chinese names. So they give all of the characters like westernized names, uh, which they are credited differently from on IMDb. But our protagonist is Dr. Chester Young. <laughs> yes, which uh, is the titular Wisely character. From the series. He is played by um, Siu Ho Chin. And so the police... Shit, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're thinking Wesley is is Chow Yun-Fat, who is in this sort of a secondary character. Yes. uh, Which is maybe one of my only real problems with the movie. And we'll we'll talk about Chow Yun-Fat in a little bit. Um, But... 
So they 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 hire they call in Chester and they say we need a doctor to go in there and treat this person who's having a heart attack. But you're also renowned for your uh, your esteemable bravery. So that's why we called you specifically. We're giving you this first aid kit with a bomb in it. Like take it inside. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's just like totally unflinched by this and then he goes in and we very quickly discover that not only is he a doctor he's also for some reason the most proficient martial artist in the world yes can i also mention maggie chung's character in oh, here yes, too reporter. because she's great yeah. uh she's like a spoiled rich girl who wants to be a journalist and when she says she's not allowed into the active yeah the, the, <laughs> crime the, scene, the hostage situ- yeah. situation, she decides to uh, take a brick and knock the assistant nurse out and just replace her to go in herself. I think TC were just like, well, now that dude's definitely dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like at the the very beginning, the criminals are like, get somebody in here. The man, this guy's having a heart attack. So if he dies, the blood will be on your hands. And like from that point, then they call Chester and like he shows up and they explain their whole plan about like we've hidden a bomb in this suitcase like take it inside and drop it at this location and it's just like it's going on and on and on and on and I'm just like the dude who's having a heart attack has been dead now for like five minutes like there's no way then there's just like the first of what is many many extremely well choreographed fun kung fu action sequences um where we learn for the first time that chester is not just a brilliant doctor but he's also a brilliant fighter why why never explain who knows who knows yeah who knows he's just he's had time to get like a full-on doctorate right like to study like like to, to become a master in his field and guess what he also like is the best at kung fu like best the best yeah well i mean he's He's taking on, like, multiple of these armed, uh, you know, kidnappers who have guns and shit. Like, he kicks one dude out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... it. Like, why did they send him in to treat the the guy with the heart attack? Like, why does he need to be a doctor in the first place? Yeah. Why couldn't he have just been, like, a brilliant martial artist who the, uh, the police call him and be like, Listen, we're going to disguise you as a doctor and we're gonna send you in and you have to rescue the hostages like that would be fine but he is a doctor for some reason (laughs) just like doesn't it just doesn't matter uh but it's it's incredible um i will say i love the choreography in this film it's like it's so full of creativity there is physical comedy in it at Mm. times it's really cleanly shot and easy to understand what's going on it's still bombastic but like it's not like super quick cutting like you have nowadays i mean i think it's i i think that like very few people would disagree that like hong kong action movies in like the 80s and 90s are like unparalleled in terms of their like fight scene choreography and the way that they're shot and edited. You can't fucking beat it. Yeah. Like if you want the best action movie you've ever fucking seen in your life, like watch, watch a Hong Kong movie from the late eighties, early nineties. That's true. It's absolutely true. Um, watch a fucking Jackie Chan, like an, like a Chinese yeah, Dude, watch police story. Yeah. yeah. Police story, like drunken master, like any of those, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're, they're so fucking good. Um, but this film delivers on that too. It does. And, uh, 
in, in some like really creative ways too. Like this this scene like at the hospital is kind of what you'd expect, but like later on, there's the the part where he kung fu fights like the skeleton with eyeballs, Fuck, man. which is just very. It's a fucking marionette, and oh, like this dude, a dude kung so fu fights like a marionette who they're literally just like flinging around. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. The the confidence in that man. Yeah, like everyone's having fun. Yeah, we're I having mean, fun watching it. They were having fun making it. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous because like the actor is like a very obviously highly trained and like skilled martial artist like doing this crazy stuff and then opposite him is a plastic skeleton w- that still has eyeballs and uh, it's got like a bandana around its head and it's very obviously on strings and sticks and somebody is just it, like it looks like every yeah. like every heavy metal cover ever like zombie skeleton with eyes and wild hair and it's just like, like the confidence yeah. to put that to put that shit up against like somebody who's actually a very uh very good fighter is just fucking so funny it rules the yeah. juxtaposition of like a literal puppet and like a a master of his craft yes. is yeah it's 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 so goddamn funny um well i love how that turns you know at the end of that sequence when he's fighting because the skeleton turns into like a weird geiger-esque predator kind of monster alien monster yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's it's like a yeah it's like the 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 quintessential alien alien meets like a big dog you know like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well it's got like the the like it was definitely inspired like the head it was definitely inspired you know, by well, yeah, it's the same kind of like long phallic head, but the difference mm-hmm. is like where it attaches to the neck. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like the the xenomorph, like att- it's the skull is attached to the neck in a way that is like normal for a human, and then the head extends very long behind it. Whereas this, the neck attaches to the end of the head, so like the the face is very <laughs> is very like protruding. It's very fun. We should definitely talk about. <laughs> the scene uh, where we finally start to get some backstory about like why Chester needs to go to Thailand and end up at this mm-hmm. yes. temple. His swanky bachelor pad. Yes. The he, uh, fucking swankiest. <laughs> Holy shit. It's what like an a koi pond through the whole... There's a river. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, he's got like, a, like this gorgeous river running through his house. Um, it's like, it's got that like, uh, like late seventies, like vibe, uh, very similar to like the, the really nice apartment in like clockwork orange. Like it's just fucking gorgeous. Like this beautiful pad. Um, you know, there's clearly like a garden, like out back. Absolutely. St- oh, there's like cool rifles and like ancient like weaponry on the walls. He has several glass tables. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that momentarily because <laughs> yeah. he comes. On that. He comes home and there's just a woman in his apartment, uh, just some some white bitch. And uh, do they have sex or do they just start to have sex before uh, they start and then get interrupted? But later he has sex. That's remember? Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So they they start to like have sex and then get interrupted by. Uh, a man just like flinging himself through through the glass window into the apartment and attacking Chester and they have another great fight scene where every I would say mm, five seconds or so somebody go 
goes through a different glass tabletop. And I started There's doing so, it. Like, from, so many. I, I saw. I kind of. I saw it coming a little bit. Not to that degree. Who cared? But like, like I saw it coming a little bit. It's like, okay, it's a fight in an apartment. Things are about to get wrecked, right? Like yeah. that's it's standard I mean, movie. Of course, shit. yeah. yeah. And, and so like it. I started with a joke because like it's a, it's a it's a classic joke. So like the the first time he gets thrown through a coffee table, said, "Oh no, not the coffee table!" And then the next shot, "Oh no, not his other coffee table!" <laughs> oh no, not the chair! Oh no, not the wardrobe! Oh no, not the the lamp! Oh no, well, yeah, not he goes, the he, weird uh, net thing on my wall! Oh no, not the <laughs> yeah, he, he is like, going he and going hanging from the yeah, ceiling, and, and then like, he at one point gets thrown uh, through. And but yeah, like the the coffee table is glass topped, the dining room table is glass topped, the desk is glass topped. There's a second glass topped coffee table, and somebody goes through all of these. Yep. And after the fight goes on for a few minutes, then I, I forget exactly how it's ended, but it it ends with like the guy who broke in being like, uh, "My name's Dragon. Uh, you need of to." Course. You you need to return to Thailand because your your blood the uh, your blood curse has been activated. And at this point, we're all just like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this?" He broke into the apartment, attacked Chester. They broke everything in the apartment, and then at the end of the fight, he's like, "I'm here I'm to here, help. I'm here to help you. <laughs> your your blood curse has been activated." It was like, "This is the first that we're hearing anything." Your blood about. curse has been activated. Don't have sex. Don't have sex. <laughs> yes. And just like walks out the front door. Yeah, you. He's like, "You need to return to Thailand. Your blood curse has been activated. Don't have sex later." And he and then just leaves and. What does Chester do? He immediately has sex with the with the woman. Same shot. Chester Turns around and goes to yeah, the bed immediately. Like, and yeah. uh, after sex, uh, the blood curse activates. And uh, oh shit! Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> And like, there's just like a bubble that appears in his leg, and it like explodes. And there's blood. I think it's supposed to be a worm inside of him. It's it's like the arm in Mononoke with the the wriggling. I'm not sure if y'all have seen. Mononoke, or of course, well, yeah, he's, like, got, he's got the veins coming out, but the curse is he has seven worms inside of it. Yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. He is. He has seven. We learn this later through exposition, but he has seven blood curses that have been placed upon him. One's not good enough, and uh, they go like from his leg up to his heart, and they're just like bubbles of blood that like explode or worms or something. Yeah, it's it's not it's not made they put, very clear. like maggots in his mouth. So I assume. Yeah. It's like wormy, and type so of. yeah, it's one of them will explode every day, and when the seventh one expl- is at his heart explodes, then he dies. So that's where the title comes from. That's what the movie's called, The Seventh Curse. So he has seven blood curses, and when the seventh one activates, then he dies. So <laughs> it's a great ex- excuse for more squibs. Yeah. So, and the amazing effect, it. like uh, uh, with like the the prosthetic leg and the the veins bulging. Yeah, I love that, that shot. Great. That yeah, that's the first one. I loved mm-hmm. uh, the awesome. the the shot of like the little thing moving around under his skin too. Yeah, it's like yeah. his skin was compressed and it was just moving like through. It, it's 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 a it's a super common like trope in <laughs> fantasy movies. You know, to have like the body curse like ticking clock you know it's like yeah. the the shadow moves up to their neck or whatever like by then by the dawn of the fifth day or whatever they'll die 
not the, that's Lord of the Rings, but like the the you know by by the 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 fifth moon or whatever you know yeah. like um it's an old it's an old cliche and I love it I, I I've I've ne- I've never been tired of it I think it's a it's a great ticking clock and it's so physical and personal and immediate so we cut back from there to a flashback his original trip to Thailand he was in Thailand gathering herbs to make a treatment for aids <laughs> yes has, has there ever been a movie where like a, a character because this would be funny as shit like where a character gets like one of those curses on their arm or whatever and it's like by the time this reaches up to you like grows up to your heart you're going to die and the character's like okay and just like lops their arm off and like they're good yeah evil dead too oh yeah there you go yeah that's fuck literally yeah. what happens <laughs> that is, that is really, and that's where um, it should be yeah fuck yeah you're right but uh, yeah, so he we get the flashback. He's in Thailand gathering herbs to treat AIDS or whatever. The group of uh, like scientists or whatever that he's with, like there's the there's a professor who's basically like, oh yeah, uh, the the worm tribe lives around here. They do demon rituals. They've mastered the art of witchcraft. Whatever you do, don't go to their village. And then he sees. Uh, a hot chick uh, swimming in the lake and her titties are out and uh, so he follows her back to the to the uh, the the worm tribe temple which is this is where he gets like straight up Indiana Jones yeah uh, like their village isn't just like a little like grass hut kind of village it's like they've got like a big like stone ziggurat uh, temple. And this is where we're introduced to my favorite character, the sorcerer. <laughs> we see him for like a good few minutes before he speaks. And that's what makes the, the reveal so particularly good, I think. Yeah. Because like he reminds me very much and he I think he even looks kind of like him is like he's like the Chinese Christopher Lee. And, like, he plays the same kind of role as Christopher Lee in The Wicker Man, except campier, where he's, like, oh, the, the spiritual leader of, uh, you know, the, the, the worm tribe. He's very tall. He's got, like, this long black hair. Kind of lanky, and he's got the same kind of jawline, too. Yeah, yeah like, I, I do think he looks a little bit like Christopher Lee. Kind of thick Lee. eyebrows. Yeah. And, yeah. But, Christopher uh, Lee, yeah, I can see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's well, he's he's a very like imposing figure. He's yeah, very like physically, is like really co- commanding presence. He looks he looks like a Street Fighter character. Yeah, uh, very much so, uh, or like fucking uh, Mortal Kombat or something. He, yeah, he um, he looks like the head of a Temple Doom cult. Yeah, and like we see like hundreds of like cultists. They're all like kneeling. Of course, they're all wearing rows. like like. We're wearing like the the black kimonos with like the fucking uh, red, red, red headbands, headbands. like yeah. so, so, so you aesthetic. can so you can easily identify mm-hmm. them and as the bad guys. The, so okay, for the action like, scenes later. Set up to the scene too. Like the there's this like fan fucking tastic map painting of uh the the temple um uh with with the sky like swirling in and like a vortex red jutting out of it red like yeah like and it's like it's really vivid like neon colors well, it's, it's like cool. neon temple like it because there's oh you know, it's all of my favorite things and it's and you can't see the compositing on it like it's really like technically technically well done too i got a little bit of a shimmy at the very end of the shot where i could see where it was composited oh, it's right. like yeah. it's like the last 
half second of the shot. But what's cool about it, what or what I thought was really cool about it, is that like it's like the temple and there's like smoke coming up out of the temple, but they've reversed the shot so the smoke is like spiraling oh, down into the hole so instead cool. of coming up out of it. And it looks like it's like sucking in like the clouds. It's dope. Yeah, and it's like how 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 could you not want to just like live in this world and like take all of its bullshit for granted? You know, like like the movie is like so technically proficient and so good at like putting you into the like, the super fun and like unique looking scene. Like whatever bullshit they pull, yeah. like I'm I'm al- I'm happily along for the ride. Yeah, but the ridiculous part uh, <laughs> is we see you know they're preparing some kind of ritual and we see this the like big scary sorcerer priest guy and. One of the first things we see, too, is that, like, uh, one of the the cultists is like, you can't sacrifice her. It's the it's the the chick that we saw swimming uh, in the lake before. Um, it's like, you can't sacrifice her. Like, she's the old chieftain's daughter. And still having not said a word, the sorcerer, like, opens his cloak. And there's just, like, this little, like... It's like a quato at first, <laughs> is what I thought. It, yeah, well, yeah, because it's, like, hiding under his cloak. But it's, like, a little worm baby puppet thing like worm a, boy yeah he's got little t-rex hands he's got yeah, little t-rex arms two sets of them um yeah. like he just like flies at the dude and like gets in like goes in his mouth and then like bursts out of his chest it's awesome. just like yeah. i mean it's it's amazing but then after that that's when the sorcerer speaks the first time mm-hmm. and he has the most ridiculous voice. Yeah. yeah. Because again, like, yeah, like you're picturing like Christopher Lee, you yeah. know, like, like he's about to be like, you have, you have like made a, a terrible like, decision. And the city goes, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> he, he sounds, he sounds like the rival character in Kung Pao into the fist. who yes. They purposely give a really high, obnoxious, whiny voice. Now we'll learn who's the best. He sounds exactly like him. And coming out of this... It's like, like Miss Piggy. Yeah. it's And I mean, like, at some point later in the movie, you said that, like, maybe he's supposed to be a eunuch or yeah, something. Because like, he's, like, like, that's he's a, like a priest or yeah, whatever. In, like, a number of cultures, like, that's a thing. Uh, and, you know, where it's like, you know, like, priests mm-hmm. and priestess or whatever, like, like do the whole, like, eunuch thing for whatever reason. I like, could, even, I like, Varys in Game of Thrones, like, has, like, an interaction like that. You yeah, know, like, I, there's, there's, there's a number of cultures that, that have that kind of tie-in. I could see it, but that's never explicitly stated one way or another and just like every time this character talks it made me laugh oh god yeah and no, so it's, it, and it's like multiple times he'll do, he does like uh he'll like laugh and be like, <laughs> like it's, well you know like, this it's is just, it's so fucking cartoon it is well it's, it's so funny um fucking hilarious yeah yes. like every time he's like yes bring me the girl ah! you know and like again like it's like the super like masculine like street fighter sorcerer looking dude like, like ah! <laughs> you know like laughing and shit um but what it reminds me of is i mean there there are so many villains from this era and like it's still it's still like a common trope to do it um like where they're just queer coding the shit out of these villains um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a primo example of just like, a, a a queer coded villain, just queer coded in the funniest goddamn way. But like, even the Joker, you know, is, is, is very similar in that respect. Like, like the, the yeah. Joker like is often like pretty feminine and like, even like in, in comics, like there's 
a lot of the later like Dark Knight shit really ramps up like the homoeroticism between like the Joker and Batman and shit to the same degree. I think there's a lot like, of it's it's a tale as old as time. I mean, I I'm think I think a lot of that comes from like the sort of the association with like the theatrical with the feminine. Yes, uh, pretty much. Where, so. Like if you're like people who are really over overly theatrical are are perceived as more feminine. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, for for this sorcerer character, it's definitely the case. But it's it, it ends up like the the effect is it's extremely funny. And there's got to be I think like a trope another trope for it like possibly like in like kabuki theater or other stuff i it's a it's a topic i do not know essentially anything about but i feel like there's gotta be some reasons um like for instance um i know this is this isn't hong kong centric but uh like i recently saw uh i think it was batman ninja and uh in that they they have the the joker like character essentially be like the same as this character we see in it, which is pretty fucking funny. Like, and they, they, they queer code the shit out of the Joker, like even, even, even more so. It just, it strikes me as like an archetype that I'm less familiar with, like to this degree where it's like the feminine sorcerer character or whatever. Um, and I want to know more. Like, I want to, I want to look into the shit more because it's, it's a, it's intriguing and just so goddamn funny. Well, wow. So to, to get back to the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, after this, the sorcerer tries to sacrifice, uh, this this girl to the the old ancestor, which is the the skeleton with eyeballs and a, and a cool headband who turns into the the lizard bat monster. Um, I want to say I love how that skeleton moves. Because they'll like just plop him down. Places. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like yeah, they're because he's he's very obviously on like strings and sticks, so they're trying to make him move, but like there's really only so much they can do. Well, there's no weight. To so him. yeah, there's there's no weight. So sometimes they'll just like sort of drop him on the ground, and it's like oh, or when yep, he tries to bite someone, they just flop him. They, on yeah, him. they just flop yeah. his that like somebody's controlling the mouth. They just flop him onto somebody. Chester and uh, the professor or whatever try to save the girl, uh, and they incur the wrath of the sorcerer, who is the one who places the the seven blood curses onto onto Chester. But what happens is he gets away, and then uh, as he's like about to die, the girl who he saved uh, does gives him like a magic potion or something. Well, no, she cuts her titty open. That's right, she cuts her titty open and pulls something out of there and piece through, of titty flesh yeah and through some sort of uh weird magic she does like a weird egg looking thing it's not even like yeah <laughs> yeah it's i mean she doesn't i don't know what that's supposed to be she I, doesn't nope, say what it nope. is mm-hmm. um and uh so through some 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 sort of inexplicable titty magic. Uh, She delays the effects of his blood curse for a year. And so that's why uh, what's happening now in present day in the film is happening. I just I think that that's really funny that he's just like, oh, yeah, I guess I can just go back to my normal life of being like the most badass doctor ever. Don't have to worry about the blood curse anymore. You know, just like dust his hands (laughs) until fucking this dragon dude shows up is like you have to return to thailand to stop the blood curse or you're gonna die mm-hmm. but that is when he goes to see his friend wesley uh who is played by chow yun fat in this movie my only real complaint with this movie is that uh chow yun fat is not more of a character 
in in this film. In fairness, I I was I was kind of confused about that. So like I was I was looking up some stuff. This was like before he got like really famous. Um, cause I was like, I was like, you have Chow Yun Fat, like, why is he not your protagonist? And then I was like, oh shit, this was in 86. So this was like before he started doing all those John Woo movies and got really, really mega famous. Yeah. Well, his character is so funny to me because they introduce him and then he is just gone for chunk of the movie and then he just shows up in thailand later like well he says earlier on before the main character leaves for thailand he's like i'll meet you there in like a week oh okay i missed that (laughs) yeah yeah he he's like like a a weird professor character who's just like oh yeah the blood curse that's a really bad curse you bet you definitely should go to thailand to get that taken care of and like who he is is never really explained like chester says like you're my best friend and also my mentor (laughs) and he just has knowledge about curses and stuff uh and he walks around smoking a pipe a lot um sort of your standard professor character which again weird for uh, in hindsight for somebody like Chayun Fat, who after this became like literally the most famous and rich actor in China like ever <laughs> um, and also became famous for doing like action like police crime drama movies so like he definitely feels like he should be the, the Chester character in, in this movie but um, so then he goes to Thailand and uh finds the girl whose name i keep forgetting it's like B- ba- baju or something like that yeah baju i keep wanting I'm to say sure. bamboo because we've been drinking that bamboo rum for the last couple of days <laughs> but it's not i think it's baju um and she her face is all fucked up now just one part of it though and so he learns that if he goes to some big Buddha statue, he can get magical ashes out of its eyes that will cure his blood curse, but also make Baju pretty again. I'd also like to note we we missed a really important detail we referenced her at the beginning but the 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 journalist we gotta we gotta talk about yes we oh, talk yeah, about right there are so many good sequences with her on the way about, to like know, yeah, to thailand so like um because she she sort of threads the whole thing together there are so many great sequences like leading up to thailand with her so at the beginning you know where she knocks out a nurse and just kind of gets away with it um yep. uh he, yeah he lets her go um uh, and then later on, she appears again at the pool party, uh, which again, too, what an amazing set! Like the the pool party is great. The, the pool the pool party at like this like incredible I love the yacht dialogue club. there too. Yeah, because like out front, like it's like facing a whole like yacht yacht club region, and then out back, like it's this gorgeous like pool with all this like eighties like lighting again and There's palm this trees whole, and shit. Like throwaway dialogue interaction where like some random doctor explains how like living at different latitudes. Affects male virility. Yeah, how long mm-hmm. men last in bed, and that the colder the climate is, like the more prematurely they ejaculate. Yeah. And, and like, doesn't like the guy like he's speaking to like finish off by saying something like, "Well, if that's the case, 
then wouldn't you be from the Antarctic or something? Well, that's, like, he says about it's like himself, an amazing he's, like, about himself. he's like, yeah, he's like, if that was true, then I would, then that would uh, indicate that I was living in the Arctic. It's like, yeah. it's like so he's just Which like, is the funniest goddamn he's like, yeah, dog, I come super fast yeah. about it, but I live here. Yeah, like, and uh, yeah, we get um, our, our, our protagonist, uh, like Chester is like walking along the poolside um, and the reporter sort of coming up behind him. And uh, I, I, they, they do, they have a really fun like physical comedy comedy gag where the waiter is like like uh he almost gets knocked over and then she walks past him like as he he just recovers and doesn't and she just shoves him into the pool like walking yeah. by like <laughs> you think he's all right he just shoves him in like just one more instance of the, she her just being like the worst person uh, and then carrying on uh he he's supposed to meet his contact in oh we find out that she's the cousin of yeah, our she's wesley the co- character she's the cousin of Chow Yun-fan's um yeah so yeah. Uh, uh it's revealed that like she she's like comes from like like a, like a ton of wealth and is like super mm-hmm. spoiled or whatever and she's just set on like her journalism career uh uh so she's a journalist Much but like also like journalists has, in real life. Yeah. like so she had but she has like all this money behind her you know um and and then like he's sent to meet like a contact in a hotel and uh he's picked up by a guy at the airport and brought there and it looks all kind of shady and he walks into this hotel room um and there's a grand piano with just loaded down with like AK forty seven looks like a rap video yeah, yeah dude yeah it's like a fucking rap video <laughs> and it's just loaded down and then like um before like an LMG with on like a stand and everything like multiple pistols and everything yeah like like just on this fucking grand piano like what the fuck is going on and then before we could even take that in there's a fucking gunshot that like hits the wall like uh, uh to the left of him and we turn around and it's her with the, with a strap like well no the the reveal is particularly funny because he's looking at all the guns on the grand piano and then we see like a hand come out from out behind the wall like that's holding right. a gun but it's got a like laser, noir fashion we, but it has a laser sight on it that mm. is as large as the gun itself and so like we see the hand come out yeah like like a noir film or like a james bond film or something mm. it's like but oh, with a big 80s laser sight on yeah, it yeah and Ugh. and it's so good like, and they shoot whoever's holding the gun shoots at him and it goes like over his shoulder and hits the wall and he like turns around and then it's just her and she's like ha 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 look at this gun it's it's the newest model it has the newest model laser sight or whatever and it's like so she just shot at him in like this hotel room. yeah just like shooting the no, wall like, for a just, joke just for like a gag yeah. like, <laughs> like Jesus Christ yeah, like it's just, it's such a good example of like just the nonstop whiplash in this movie. Like before you can take it, like the grand piano loaded down with AK forty sevens. Like this person with a huge like fat ass laser sight pistol like shoots the wall, and then it turns out and it's like a character we're familiar with. She's yeah. doing a prank, bro. What the fuck yeah, is going on? He repeatedly tells her like, "Don't come along" or whatever, and she does. Uh, and they and then immediately, they get there. you know, in true in true woman fashion, gets herself kidnapped mm-hmm. and has to be saved. Yo, let's talk about that scene though. Like they get like a small party of people together like dragon has gotten some of the good folks in the community oh we found we find out that like the village the village over or whatever has lost all of its children and the sorcerer is like just grinding up kids Yo, there, no, like, there's, like literally, a, a, there's literally a shot in the temple where there's like this juicing big, kids yeah literally <laughs> juicing kids there's like this big stone 
bone chest <laughs> with like pieces that come in and crush and the dude is just lifting up children and just putting them into it one and after just another yeah. yeah because we in, don't need no <laughs> like holy shit well because they we learn through exposition that they have to feed the the old ancestor every year using the blood of like 300 children or something like that like that's every year like i i like how has the thai government not like cracked down <laughs> on this shit it's like oh there's this tribe out in the jungle that's every year kidnapping and juicing 300 children <laughs> just like mass child murder every year but yes the scene where they go to save her is great because like it's totally just like an excuse for a different for like an, an additional action scene because narratively there's no purpose for her being captured other than that they have to go rescue her and then go off and do something else <laughs> because they like they like get into the jeep and like g drive into like the village and they're just like running over huts and like crashing into people and there's just like 30 dudes hanging <laughs> off the jeep uh, while things explode, while, yeah, they, while things they drive up the stairs of the temple. the temple. Oh, it rules! Oh my god, yeah, that shot is amazing. Well, you you know too that like the jeep is going to get used in stunts or immediately because uh, um, I think it's, it's a I think it's a Mitsubishi. Um, uh, it is would, because yeah. when they drive up the stairs, it cuts to the shot of the front that says Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah. And, and as it should. I, and I hope they got lots of money for that sponsorship. But like, you know, it's going to be involved in stunts just when they're like driving up to the place because there's a big fucking like roll support like in between them just a big like fucking steel bar and it's yeah. like oh yeah this thing's gonna get used for stunts fuck yeah and, um, well, it's, it's the the hilarious thing is that they have like this whole prolonged scene to like rescue uh the the reporter girl sally from the temple and they, like, kill a bunch of the cultists and stuff. And it's like they're at the temple already, and it's like if they're there, they could just use this as an opportunity to, like, kill the sorcerer and be done with it. But then they just leave because they got to go get the ashes so they can cure Chester's blood curse and make Baju pretty again. And I just love that. There's, like, they just take a detour to go rescue Sally from, like, the main bad guys, like stronghold where you would expect the film to end yeah. and where it does later because they have to leave and then go get the ashes and then go back to fight the sorcerer at the end and i'm so glad they do i mean also once they save sally isn't sally cursed and that's why she has to bathe in the blood of all these black animals yes that's right oh, yeah no. the sorcerer curses her before they can save her and they take her back to like the good village and she goes crazy and tries to kill people with a machete and uh then some baju or with like superhuman like, strength it's like it's, funny. it's like it's okay we can cure her we just need we I, you need to go out and get the blood of a black goat and the blood of a black dog and the blood of a black cat and the blood of a black eagle and the blood of a black lizard and like <laughs> The list just goes on and on. It's like, and then you just boil it for a little while and put her in it, and she'll be fine. Give her a dunk, and she'll be fine. And that's literally what they do. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> but she falls it, asleep in it. Yeah, and it yeah, looks they great. They leave her in it overnight. Well, yeah, because yeah. when she wakes, because it's blood when they put her in it. Mm -hmm. but when and she it's like wakes dawn, up, so like the, 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 the lighting is also like very reddish around her as she's like being put in the water. Like it's so like carefully like uh, uh, set up like the color palette externally. And of course, when she wakes up, it's like the, the pure moonlight. 
you know, or like the, or is it the light of morning? You know, it's, it's, it's all bluish yeah, outside. They, yeah. yeah, it's like the the light of morning, and and the all the blood is white now, so she's just bathing in milk. Yeah, or calm. I don't know. Uh, who knows. I absolutely adore that sequence. There's no reason nope. you need it, but it's very entertaining. Yes. Yep. Which is like the core of this film. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah, narratively it serves zero purpose, but it's fun. So why the fuck not? So I will say around that sequence you also get another worm boy attack. Yes, that's right. Well, because they they decide like they're fi- they're talking about like how are we going to kill the ancestor the, the the old ancestor demon or whatever and they decide that they need to use the worm boy for some reason so they know that the they know that the sorcerer is gonna like send the worm boy to the village to kill them so chow yun fat captures it through sorcery or something that's yeah. not they that, stage that's a trap particularly for it. yeah they they set up a trap for it but it seems like they just kind of catch him in a bag yeah well we um, don't really see how it ends yeah. like it, it cuts to cuts to exterior and then we move to another scene yeah so it, we're sort of left in tension like oh did it kill all of them like how did they catch it you know and they they use some magic off screen which is fine you know yeah. it, it keeps the tension rolling so our characters go off to this incredible yes. buddhist temple and once again gorgeous sequence uh the incredible set with this giant Buddha statue in a cave. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, like, blue light coming down from the sky. Uh, its eyes fucking glow, and they have to climb up it, um, which is, it, again, like, very video gamey. There's some really, like, fun sequences that it, it reminds me of. There's a cool sequence in, like, Red Ninja End of Honor. It's an old, like, Xbox game where you, like, climb a Buddha statue. It's really fun. Um, or uh, you have to repel shit. Uh, again, very Far Cry-esque. I mean, or, yeah, it's uh, just a straight-up sequence out of Uncharted. Yeah, untra- exactly, uh, Uncharted for sure. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, well, it's the, just so much fun to see. Yeah, the, the Buddhist statue is booby-trapped, it turns out. Yeah. And also, like, when, like, halfway through when they're climbing it, like, uh, they get attacked by, like, a bunch of monks all of a sudden. Uh, Which is so super have, fun. Yeah, so they have, like, an awesome fight scene. Uh, they just straight-up kill a few of the monks, and then the monks are like, hey, wait a second, what are you doing here? And they're like, uh, I have a blood curse, so I need to do the ashes. And the monks are like, oh, okay. But it's it's amazing, because, like, they climb about halfway up when the booby traps start going off, and it's, like, spikes, like, jutting out of the stone. Yeah. The hand, like, tries to crush them, and then, like, comes back up. There's all these, like, really fun things. And then they get, like about three quarters of the way up and they just turn around and it's just been them in this big cave. We've gotten lots of shots of the, of whatever. And we get like some close up shots of them crawling around and then a big, like a wide shot, a, a yeah. big wide shot. And suddenly the whole statue is just littered with an army of monks. Yeah. Like Where did they come yeah. from? Yeah. Who cares? Like, <laughs> fight time. But the fact <laughs> that like, the, the fact that like, I mean, the fight scene is awesome. It's so good. Well, like, They're like, like point, leaping around on ropes and like point, using like, the trash pulls, to fight. At one point, like Chester pulls out his gun and shoots a couple of them. Like some of them get kicked off and like fall to their death. And it, the fight literally just ends with the monks being like, oh, you have a blood curse. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, you can do you can take the ashes. <laughs> yeah, you're using it for good. Like, All right. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you're you're here. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter that you've killed several of us. It's yeah. like dragon talks them down. It's like, much we don't need like to fight. The, the bachelor pack. It went yeah. on for the sake of misunderstanding. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, it's just because, like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to have a fight scene here. Why, the fuck <laughs> why, not? why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, so they get to the top of it, and the, you know, the, the, the eyes on the statue are, like, glowing in gooey 80s fashion, and they had to break the ash out of the eyes and whatnot. And then 
rumble, rumble, the head takes a tumble and yeah. they have to run from the head. Indiana it's Jones style, Indiana yeah. Jones. like with the rolling yeah, ball. Yeah. And what I what I adore is, uh, oh, you know what, though? I think it's done way better than like the 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 ball in Indiana Jones. And I, I know agree. like they're, they're they're pulling from it directly. It's it's quite obvious, but. It, it's all largely practical, whereas like the Indiana Jones bit, like there's a lot of compositing uh, when he's like running away from it. Uh, but here it's like they're, they're they've got this giant thing rolling behind them. Um, it's all like very tangible. And um, what happens instead is like Dragon's able to get away, jump like out jump way. out of the way to the side. But Chester like is like running and running and he hits a dead end and then the thing smashes into the wall. And, you know, drag it where, you know, we're left with Dragon's perspective being like, oh, shit, Chester's dead. And he, like tries to run around and, uh, and and he tries to like save him and he, and he runs around to the side where we see that the statue, like just the way that it hit the wall, left just a sliver of space where like the the head, the head of the statue is like touching Chester's nose. He's it's literally like, nose to nose with the yeah, statue. statue. Yeah, yeah, it's so so good and like so it just happened to hit like just right so he's safe it's so um fun. yeah it, it's it's a it's a real treat uh and i like that way better than like indiana jones like having to like just jumping into like the right sized hole it's the same idea but i just i think like in it it, it it's a much it does a much better job yeah. of it and again it's, it's sort of standing on its shoulders like clearly they're you know it's it's it they're stealing from it even but i like it better i i think i think they really I agree with you i think yeah. it's more fun yeah um and uh, and you know instead of like just a big boulder trap it's a giant like head on a statue like there's just more flavor and uh spice to to the scene um yeah it really enhances it all and so Chester cures his blood curse by eating one of the ashes, which is like it's, it's like the size of a fucking like, like uh, a baseball, like a pool. Yeah, like a, it's like a, yeah, like, yeah. It's like a billiard ball. It's yeah. not quite as big as a baseball. It's not quite as small as a golf ball, but it's like a billiard yeah. ball. And it's, it's pretty just, big, it's glowing. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, so I just have to eat it, and he just like puts it. In his oh, he's mouth like in the act of putting it in his mouth, and Dragon's like, yeah, but you gotta eat that shit whole. And, and then, it's like, you gotta eat the whole thing. And he just like, it's like, yeah. how the fuck did he get that down his throat? It's like, so he just big. like unhinges jaw like a ball python? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Chester, Chester's the throat goat. <laughs> throat goat! Throat goat, yeah. Throat goat. Yeah, glizzy gladiator out here. Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, but there's there's a ticking clock because the apparently when you take the ashes out of the eye of the statue, they're only good for six hours i think so they have to get the other one back to baju in time but this is when they have to go kill the the demon or whatever showdown the showdown which ends up being fucking hilarious because they reveal that they have through sorcery turned the worm baby into uh, uh onto their side so they release it to fight the big lizard bat uh, and this is great because it's, uh, the, 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 like, demon costume feels very much like a, uh, like a Sentai film, like a Power Rangers, uh, costume, because it's obviously just, like, a dude in a big rubber suit, and they're just, like, swinging him around on wires from the ceiling, I feel, I... I, when I was watching, I felt bad for the dude in the costume because they were, like, jerking him around. Yeah. Like, he swings to one side, and they'll, like, jerk him back the other way. <laughs> and it's, it's just a fight scene with this dude in a rubber, uh, like, Power Rangers costume on strings being flung at a puppet also on a string. <laughs> and them just kind of, like, swinging them into each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's very childlike with, you know, action with your figures, action figures just yeah, yeah. banging together. together. <laughs> Except the funny the funny part is that in one of them there definitely is a man <laughs> who has who's in no control of what is being done to yeah. him. And and just, he's just man. being slug around. I, I, I love and it. Flapping his arms. Mm-hmm. Like like any any time I get a little bit of like some you know, like some common writer shit like in, in my uh horror movie, I'm I'm a happy camper, you know like see our Guyver episode see you know whatever else like it's just yeah. it, it's it's always such a treat or the um uh, uh or crossu you know like the end of that you know we're just oh, like oh surprise that movie yeah, yeah. um well it, it crossed like it's 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 like a, a left a left field thing because of the movie like largely like takes itself seriously up until that point but here like you just it's just yeah I'm just you're so ready to embrace it like just yeah. the the goofy like, well that ends up being most shit. of the fight scene because like the demon does kill the little worm baby because like how could it not right but then like at that point all of our human characters have gotten there and uh somebody just has an RPG and and they shoot the demon right in the chest and uh, I love this part because like it seems to die but it does the thing where it just kind of like falls over and we're like double tap it's obviously not dead it's like they keep getting closer to it we're like no it's obviously not dead and sure enough it's not dead and it sort of like swipes at them a little bit and then they just shoot it again with the RPG they blow that fucker (laughs) up big explosion as it should fuck like like doing another ritual to like defeat it or whatever else like that nah man modern technology fucking blow that fucker up get a goddamn bazooka and like kill it you know like Awesome. They just, yeah, I love it because they shoot it with the RPG once and it's not dead. So instead of having to do something else, they just shoot, shoot it with it the again. RPG again. Double tap that and fucker. That do- and that does it. Yeah. And uh, one explosion's not enough. Cool. Two explosions. Awesome. Couldn't be more satisfied. And then we have a, a, a little bit of a come down uh, where they're like, oh, no, it's too late. We let our timer uh, expire and the ashes are no good anymore. So Baju doesn't get to be pretty. <laughs> and then she's just like she turns to dragon and she's like, can you still love me even though I look like this? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, cool. I mean, dragon can, but. Not our protagonist, which is the, the the bit, right? Like, like, because at first, like, she's introduced as like a potential love uh, for our protagonist. You yeah, know? and like, then like, Sally, the the journalist, is introduced as like the conflicting love oh, interest. Or whatever. It's like, oh wait, no. As soon as they introduce her, like, like later on with her damaged face or whatnot, it's like, oh okay, that's how they're gonna, you know, they're gonna pull that thing. It's like, oh well, now yeah. she's damaged good, so like our protagonist can't have her or whatever. And it's like, oh damn, like all right. <laughs> um, and I was, and so it's like, oh, I guess dragon dragon's okay with it though. All right, cool. Like I was, I was joking. Just nice. Like at least there's still like a, I guess like a good message in that. I, I guess it's like you know, like dragon is. Well, the, yeah, the secondary character gets her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I was joking before this that, like, they should have well, cut... They at least someone loves her, you know? <laughs> they should have cut to credits, like, right when the uh, the second rocket launcher hits the demon, like, right as it's exploding, like, freeze-framing credits. And Cleveland was like, oh, yeah, well, they gotta have their sunset moment. And so we have this scene, and it's like, okay, yeah, and so now we're gonna get our sunset moment. And then we get the absolute fucking... <laughs> most baffling ending <laughs> of just about any movie I've ever seen where 
they hard cut from this scene where Dragon is like, yeah, I can still love you even though your face is all fucked up. And they just hard cut to from like, the Thailand temple, from the Thailand temple, like presumably back to China, just like in Hong Kong to, or yeah, Hong Kong uh, to the interior of this mansion where there's just like, just like a man, some other guy in a tuxedo sitting there surrounded by uh, hot, like ladies. hot ladies and then enter frame Chester and uh, Wesley who are both in tuxedos, like holding like snifters of brandy or whatever. And they just like laugh and like cheers. And then it freeze frames roll credit. But who's I have the middle guy i have like, who's this guy this. who is this man i have context for this okay uh, all right that guy that old man is actually uh ni kuang who wrote the wisely series of books oh, oh my god that's so good right? yeah. so truly the the last scene is like showing like it's a love letter to him and his works oh my god and that's that why rules. wesley slash wisely is there <laughs> because that's the main character that's of the so series. That's so funny. I love but that. But without the context oh, because of chicken that. Skin. Like, that's like warm fuzzies. Right. It's like, it's really endearing. Uh, but, but it's yeah, also hilarious without well, yeah, context. Because like, without who is context, this man? It, like, yeah, it's smash cuts from fucking them in like this creepy temple where they've just killed a demon in Thailand just to like in tuxedos drinking with like some dude who's surrounded by like a bunch of hot women and then it just cut and then it just freeze frames to credits it's like what the fuck is this it was so fucking funny it was so fucking that was that was the hardest i laughed in this movie and and i did laugh at a lot of uh, a lot of times but like the end was so baffling and confusing in the moment that i just fucking lost it. <laughs> I just fucking lost it. What a film. Just so much happens in the in, in 75 minutes of movie. I'm I'm I, I I'm very glad. I'm very grateful for the runtime. I I I was already pretty overwhelmed. Yeah. Like by by that it, it any more would have yeah, it would have been, been, been too much. Too much. Unless like just maybe some moments to like breathe for a second, but I kinda like that, you know, about it too. Or it just, already like, it's, it's relentless. Such a, yeah, at just such a fucking relentless pace. Mm-hmm. And I think that like as much as, as overwhelmed as I felt for a lot of the movie, just with how much is going on, like I feel like if there was too much time taken to breathe, then it would start to not make the suspension sense. of belief yeah. would fall. The apart. House of Cards, yeah. yeah, falls apart, yeah. Because like like we've said, like as, if you consider any of these events that we've discussed, like in a vacuum, they don't make any fucking sense at all. So it's like there's you can't you can't take the time to think about that stuff. You just got to keep moving, uh, and it, it does it really well. Um, do you guys want to rate? Yeah, this? let's rate this. Um, uh, five out of five for me. I think it's fucking hilarious. I had such a good time with this. Watching this movie, I felt like I was living in the North Pole because this film had me bussing. <laughs> um, this movie is a masterclass in uh, practical effects, in cinematography, in you know how to make an entertaining movie. And like, there's very few movies where I'll strongly recommend to someone who's sleep deprived because it will keep them up for the whole runtime this is one of them this is a perfect midnight movie because it's so short 
and so fast paced and so relentlessly entertaining that it's a perfect movie to watch with a group of people late at night. It's energizing. Mm. Yeah, uh, I absolutely adored this movie. And I'm also pleased to announce that this movie has, since it's a Wisely series, there's multiple sequels to oh, this movie. Oh, shit. Five out of five. Incredible. Yeah, uh, e- easy. Easy five out of five for me. Um, uh, I, I could not have had a better time watching this film. I was expecting some, like, kung fu schlock, and instead I got, I got a, a goddamn masterpiece. When it's, quote, like, bad it's incredible like it's hilarious they're in on the joke um uh and they have like full faith in you to like go along for the fun ride when it's good it's some of the best i i mean really like i i just i love um lots of people do i i but i i just adore like the 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 neon 80s vibe and this does it so well just leans into it to a degree like that is Oh, just a treasure to see. I um this this film is an instant favorite. I'm gonna keep going back to this one uh, a lot. I think I think it uh, it's just one of the the most like saturated movies I've seen in a, in a long time. And and again, just quality production work too. And it's just it's it's a it's a treasure. It's a treat. My child self, you know, that that grew up watching like Indiana Jones movies and action films and adventure movies. You know, was just just over the over the moon and my older self that that loves like, you know, gory practicals and movies and stuff like just had such a fun time with with all the 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 hyper violence as well. It's just what a what a movie, what a what an amazing film. And yeah, again, just like other other action movies and whatnot, like wish wish they could be like Mm. this much fun. Um, Damn, what a fun movie. I had such a great time with it. Uh, Yeah, easy, easy five out of five. Well, it's a golden pod then. It's unanimous. The Seventh Curse is a, is a strong five out of five from all of us. Woo-hoo. Yeah, if you if you like like true shut off your brain dumb fun action schlock, uh, this is the the type of movie that will have you mm-hmm. uh, hooting and clapping like a seal. And, uh, and just proper movie making, you know, like yeah. all the cool puppets and practicals and stunts and traps and just fun things they squeezed every drop out of their budget for yeah. this every yeah, single drop yeah and i don't think this movie had a very high budget mm-hmm. uh used so well they but yeah they used it to maximum effect uh so yeah i think that that's a, a pretty resounding recommendation from all of us Next week we're doing our uh, our final uh, brand new film of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, the new Resident Evil is out, so we're, we're gonna go see that. I'm gonna stay positively optimistic. The Resident Evil series, in terms of movies, has a very low bar. Very to very surpass. low bar. Yes. Very very low bar. Well, Tisa, have you ever seen the the first one? Yes, it's been a long time. I've seen the first couple. I've, it's been a while, but I've seen it. Okay, so we've all yeah. seen the like. Okay, I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, thought I mean, it's it's been it's been a really really long time. I've never seen any of the others, but I have seen the first one. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, it's it's a very low bar, but this this one, based off the trailers, seems like uh, it's going back to the roots of the source material. Seems like it's trying to be more of a horror film than an action film uh so i'm intrigued uh it's directed by johannes roberts 
I think, who did uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, but also 47 meters down. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, that'll be next week. Come hang out with us and listen to us talk about Resident Evil. Yes. What is that ringing and dingling noise that I hear? What could this ringle dingle be? Ringle dingle. Well, it's a sponsor. What is the sponsor this week? Well, I'll tell you. This week of Pod People is brought to you by a world where the Joker is president. Wouldn't that be twisted? So twisted. Damn, um, I didn't vote for him. Not my president. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Joker is the I guess the president and, and our sponsor. The, uh, wait, the, the clown in chief. So is our is our sponsor a, a movie where? The joke is this like a is this like a like a lead line? No, is this it's a like world. A, it's a world where the where the Joker is president. So we're being sponsored by like an alternate dimension where the the Jonker is yeah is president. You've been pulling sponsors from the sponsor shelf for years now. Why does this surprise you? No, I'm I'm just trying to understand, which is I think the the mistake. Yes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't don't try to understand. Just imagine what how crazy it would be if the Joker was president. Really have to crime I... would probably be legal. <laughs> wow, the purge and, and the president would think that it was funny. Wait, so just the purge movies? I don't know. Yeah, but well, but all year round instead of just one day a year. Well, no, in the purge movies, Joker wasn't the president. The president was Jordan Peterson. Oh damn, that's true. But in this one, now the Joker's the president. But where's Batman? He's surprised. He's the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And there you have it, folks. All right. That'll do it for us this week. That was our sponsor. <laughs> if you like if you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a review. We would really appreciate that, and it would uh, get our podcast to more new listeners' ears, and you want that, right? Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. We've got uh, three different subscriber tiers there if you want to uh, support us with a monthly contribution, and if you do, we very much appreciate it. Shout out as always to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Sarah Morris. Thank, Thank you. You, uh, you can <laughs> you can follow us on uh, on Twitter at Pod People Pod and at Letterbox.com slash Pod People Pod, where you find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. And that's also where you'll see our whole list of golden pods. Uh, Is where- it holistic? It, it it is holistic. Wow, it's a whole list. It's a holistic whole list. Wow. And uh, the seventh curse is on there now, so uh, you can see what other films we've unanimously given five out of five. So yeah, do that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets, and I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We put out progress on It Stares Back this week. I've been. Uh, Working on uh, doing some cool boss level stuff and whatnot, so we're hoping to get that uh, get that in for for testing pretty soon. Um, uh, super excited about that! And you can also find my work uh, with uh, DreadXP. You just go to DreadXP.com and see all of the cool games that uh, DreadXP is putting out. Um, 
Uh, I've just been having a blast uh, doing that these days. Um, and uh, yeah, check out all the cool games. There are lots of cool ones. And uh, I believe that's it from me. Well, that's it for all of us. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, but I gotta go now because my blood hurts. Oh, I'm